Welcome to the Tech Ranch. Now, here is your host, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. It, it's it's an in-person type of thing. But when you really think about the technology, I mean, you you can basically program it to do whatever you want. I mean, you think of each each light that's on that drone as like a pixel on your television screen, right? right? And imagine how, the, or, or like a, an LED sign. And now they can do this in the sky. So they can make the flag wave in the sky, or can, they can take a company logo and paint it in the sky, or they can pretend they're a cloud floating through the sky. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mom, that's a dinosaur up there. Well, son, it really is. <laughs> But so, part of the technology with this is, is it's called swarm technology. Right. Yeah, and and this is probably you know one of the nice uses of swarm technology as is, opposed to the killer drone. Yeah, and, and attack the, stuff that you that's the military application. That's, the military that's probably application. where more people are familiar with that term. Yes, and and you know a lot of swarm technologies are being used around our naval boats right now for example because of imagine the ability to detonate if, a missile coming in before it gets there well and they they can take and the technology swarm technology allows you to take like every lifeboat that's on the aircraft carrier and drop it in the water and and actually have an on-man perimeter around the boat and if there's if there's like a gunship coming at you you can actually take these boats and just take them right to that and and not put anybody in harm's way wow it's amazing and how do you shoot down or take out a hundred boats coming at you you don't that's the point and and but it's scary at the same time because if we have this technology now this will be something that everybody else will have sometime in the future so then there's anti-swarm technologies being developed as well uh i, I just feel like we're star wars drone war type of scenario right it just seems like we're getting to that all right point. somebody's going to set off an emp and that will be that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is that is a potential you know for taking out swarms is is smaller emp type of burst you know that that would disable not the entire area yeah small directional the, bursts, right right because that technology's there yes. somewhere so let's go back to the friendly side of things yes. with, with yes. the swarm technology so light shows and and Really cool. America's got drones. <laughs> I can see, see it all right now. Right? Wouldn't that be cool to have five or eight companies show up, develop, you know, we, we develop the guidelines for this show, and then some evening the whole Bismarck Mandan community could come out and watch five to eight of these shows and vote on which one they thought was the most popular uh, and see what they come up with. I think I think we would be stunned and amazed. So on the, on the other side of swarming technologies, too, uh, pollinators. Are you familiar with this? Okay, so there's been a lot of talk about bees, um, bees getting decimated, and, and they're not sure why in North Dakota. Yeah, so there's... They, there's, they can fill a role of bees, butterflies, yeah, so moths. You, so you, you can have these, these like, miniature drones that will buzz around in a field, and, you know, they have the technology that they can zero in on, on and then they land in the flower, and then they just move to the next one and move to the next one and help with the pollination. 
You know, it's really interesting uh, that we're coming up with maybe a little bit of a man-made solution to this. The other thing that's interesting, you know, a lot of it is, I don't know if you know this, but but there's a lot of theory around the, the waves that we use for our cell phones. And, you know, there, of course, there's a lot of talk about, you know, pesticides and how that may Im- be impacting the bee population. I'm it's probably a combination right. of a bunch of things. It's kind of a... Find out if you're interested in this technology or not type of scenario, Dip right? the toe in the water. Yep, that's exactly right. They, they find out, you know, that we talk about privacy concerns, safety concerns. All of these things are talked about. Um, there's a parade of, of leaders in the field of, of UAVs that, that come through and talk about these different things. You know, we have a lot of representation from UND, uh, Enel Energy, or is it Enel? I always, it's E-N-E-L. One of these days, I need to ask them how they pronounce the name of their company, but uh, they're really big in, into wind energy, of course, in the state and, and other parts of the country. And drones, of course, are an important part of that for them for inspection. Yeah. So, so they're a real big proponent of this. So, so it's really, really important to these industries to make sure that our young people are, you know, getting versed in this technology. Uh, because it really plays an important role in energy as we move forward. And, and you know, and other things in this state, uh, I mean, I think agriculture and UAV uh, go hand in hand. I mean, precision agriculture is such an important thing now and going to become even more important as we move forward. It's, it's just unheard of anywhere. Great story. And that's where I came to the, the understanding that UAV is just a platform. So the precision agriculture could be precision mapping in the oil field or inspections for a wind turbine or power lines or pipelines. And that's where a lot of that took off in the energy sector in North Dakota was out of that program that we had that discussion and it all stemmed from precision agriculture. Well, and I mean, you, you think about over a quarter of land, for example, I mean, the, the theory in the, or what they used to do in the past, you just spray the whole field. Right. right. Well, that's a lot of land, a lot of chemical, right? You have, you have, uh, microclimates that are going on in that field. I mean, there might be a scenario where a, a shower came through and only one third of it got a little bit of rain while the rest of it did not or vice versa. And, and, and that one third of the field now has more type of insects on it or whatever. You, you know, right. this is what happens in, in this. So, so I think precision egg is, is really, really important. It does. Very, just adding that very in good. there for. Think about, um, I'm just thinking even blue collar work, right? So instead of you painting a 14 story building, you're now running a drone that's up there with the sprayer equipment that goes back and forth to paint. So you don't have to be on a scaffold or a ladder or anything like that. Which is dangerous. I'm just throwing scenarios out here. Anything to do with height that we can't normally access. So, Or the guy that has to clean the uh, hose with the camera on it that you have to run. Ew. Well, you don't have to touch the walls don't with have to touch the any of that. drone. That's right. That's right. So I think you really have to think more broadly when it comes to these are the things that we can do now, precision egg and all this stuff. But as drones get stronger and uh, and robotics become better, I think there's going to be all kinds of uses with drones that we haven't even dreamed up yet. So it's, it's almost like playing a video game for the people who are racing these drones. You know, when you have a drone that's, that's you know, 17 inches wide and they're taking it through 18-inch 
hula hoop type of scenarios, right? You're like, how in the world are they even flying through these and things? fast? And this is like NASCAR in the air. <laughs> I truly believe that by the year 2000, we would have some type of flying vehicle that would be somewhat readily available to the general public. You know, now granted, we're 20 years later than that, a couple yeah. years actually. I mean, everybody always asks me, well, what happens if you run into another? flying car or whatever we have figured this out on a flat surface of ground or of earth right there is so much more space when we go up into the sky i mean well, you set it, these it, things up and you never have to worry about running into anybody or anything but i guarantee you that you could fly it from where you park your boat to the river and down the river a little ways i mean you're within the 100 foot or 200 foot cap of flying these things around actually it's 400 uh but that's really interesting. That's crazy interesting. Right. Thank you for listening to the Tech Ranch with the Guru of Geek, Marlo Anderson. This has been a Q1 Network production.